everybody, welcome to Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. It's episode 262. 262 episodes. Crazy time. Here we are at the 262nd episode. And I've been sitting here thinking this morning, it's um, Tuesday, August 31st. We have one more day till fall, or not really the official fall, but let's face it, it's fall. It's going to be September tomorrow. I can't believe it. I feel like this summer's gone by so quickly. And I feel like here we are, you know, kids are going back to school and it's the fall. And even though it's not like January, it's like the beginning of the year, right? At least it feels like for me, just because I think growing up, it was always like, all right, the start of the year really is September, even though it's January is the first of the year, but it feels like the first of the year is September. And um, it's like, everything's going to start changing. Things are going to, you know, it's going to get chillier in different parts of the country. And it's, it's going to get chillier where I live because I live in Northern Florida. So it will get chillier here. And, um, it's, I sit here and I'm thinking today about what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be, you know, it's the beginning of the year. So what are you supposed to do? And I remember when we were little kids, you'll be like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you'd be like, I have no idea. And then if you're like me, you started drinking at such a young age. I started drinking at, you know, 13. So by the time I would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was always like sitting there and definitely serious as anything. And I'd say, I want to be the next Barbara Walters. I want to be the next Barbara Walters. And, um, I would be like, and I would say it in such, um, I, I mean, I've had a passion my entire life for talking to people, for interviewing people and having people on a show and, you know, getting down to the nitty gritty of what they really are thinking about. And um, so I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I, I didn't get, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to go. Right. It did not happen the way I wanted it to go because I drank and I got myself into trouble in the very beginning of my career. And I ended up meeting a guy and I got married instead. And um, I say, I graduated with my MRS degree because I got married, you know, very young. And then, um, I mean, young in today's standards, at least. And um, I get married young and I have these kids. And so the idea of actually going and, you know, being an actual newscaster didn't really happen. You know, my drinking in my mouth and my gossip got me into trouble way back when. And, um, and so I didn't go on to be, you know, the next Barbara Walters. It ends up that I go and I start, I, you know, I start becoming a coach, a recovery coach, and then I meet a marketing company and the marketing firm says, you should start a podcast and the marketing firm says you should do this. And so I do it and it's, I'm kind of doing Barbara Walters. Not really. I don't have any celebrities on here. I was supposed to have a celebrity on actually last week though, but it doesn't matter. I have regular people on so we can talk about what our regular issues are. And so my alcoholism got in the way of what I wanted to do. And I didn't want that to define me, right? Like I didn't want my alcoholism to define me, but my alcoholism has given me a place to come forward and talk to people about what it's like to be in recovery after you have a bout with alcoholism. And um it's really, it's 
you know, not always easy. You know, I had a drunk dream just the other day and I hadn't had a drunk dream in, I don't know how long. And I woke up and I said to JF, oh my gosh, I just had a drunk dream. And he was like, really? And I said, yeah. And I what? and it was weird because nothing happened. You know, I had this dream that I had a drink and nothing bad happened. And I thought that's really weird. What is my subconscious trying to tell me? And the reality is, is that I don't really want to drink anymore because I don't really think that it would ever like make anything better. And I'm not trying to run away from any of my feelings, even though sometimes feelings aren't comfortable. I still don't want to run away from them, which is a weird thing. I can sit in the feelings and know because of the practice that I've done since being sober, it's like I've been practicing that I've got to let go for so long. Like I've got to let go because getting back to what I said in the beginning, you know, we have these ideas of what we want to be when we grow up. And we think that we're, if we don't take this straight line to get there, that we can't get there. And I think that when we're drinking, at least for me, when I was drinking, I was always focused on the drink or being ashamed of myself, right? There was no in-between. It was always either I'm really ashamed that I acted that way or, and I can't believe I drank like that. And why did I do that? Or I was talking about when I was going to go get drunk. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it was. It was either self-pity galore, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm going to try not to do that again. Or, oh my God, we're going out this night and I can't wait. And this is what I'm going to do. So I never really had that sense of like being just okay, being in this skin of mine. It's taken a long time to get okay in this skin, but I remember beginning to practice it from the very beginning was getting to that place where, okay, I can't worry about tomorrow because it's not here yet. And I can't keep regurgitating the past because it's yesterday. I can't go back. I don't have a time machine. It already happened. Hopefully I'll learn from my mistakes. And um, it wasn't until I was ready to learn from my mistakes that I did learn from my mistakes. Because in the beginning, I would sit there and I regurgitate what I did the night before and promise myself, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again. But I do it again because that's what I do. I do it again. So when coming in here, and I, I remember when I went to a 12-step meeting and they talked about the step that it was about letting go. First, it was like admitting you're powerless. Okay, so I'm powerless. And I am. I'm powerless over alcohol. And you might be like, well, what does that mean? And I said, because I remember that I would swear that I would only have one or two, but I always had 12. And it wasn't that I really even thought about it because once I drank, it's like I just kept drinking, right? It was like, I couldn't stop. And I didn't really focus on, I didn't want to focus on, I wanted to focus on what, I wanted to focus on the party, right? I wanted to focus on being where I was and I wanted to continue because I loved the whole feeling because there's that buzz that feels so great that you chase for the whole time. So I remember feeling that feeling. Okay, so I'm powerless. I have one, I have 47. Okay, I get that. It's like for some people, it's a food. They have one potato chip, they have to have 50. They have one cookie, they have to have the whole sleeve. That's how it was with alcohol for me. I had one, I had to have, I just couldn't stop all night. So I was powerless over it. And it wasn't that the control thing. It was like something in my brain that literally was like this phenomenon of craving. Um, it was like, I wanted another one. I wanted another one. I wanted another one. I wanted another one. And I, again, I never tried to just have, I never tried to manage it. 
Um, I, I'm more of a person that when I'm in it, I'm doing it. I either go big or I go home. I'm not a half anything. So, um, I had to admit that. And then number two, I had to believe that a, that a power greater than myself and a power greater than myself. And for me, I was raised with religion. I was raised Catholic, which did not work for me at all. It was so scary. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. I was scary. God was scary to me. He was like sitting there with these blood and all that. But I do believe that Jesus died for us. And I believe that there is something out there. I totally believe that. I totally see things that happen to me all the time that it's not a coincidence. There's a reason this has happened in my life, the way that it's transpired. So coming to believe in something bigger than me was not hard. And I know that if you're out there and you're listening to me, like what's bigger than you and you're challenging yourself to what's bigger than me, what can I count on that's bigger than me? Because it can't be human because humans always are going to let you down. They just do because they're human, but who won't let you down? It has to be something bigger than you. The sun, the sun's going to come up, the moon, what is it going to be for you? Something. So that wasn't hard, but letting go of what my preconceived notions were. Cause see, I wanted to really be Barbara Walters. I wanted to have this, I wanted to be in New York city. I wanted to have the whole spiel. I wanted them to pick me up in a car and take me to a studio and do all this crazy stuff. And that hasn't happened, but um, yet, yet, I'm going to say yet, cause hopefully we'll one day, but who knows? Um, if not, this is good enough for today. Um, but having this ability to let go and just be willing to see what's going to happen each day and not get so caught up in what my head think thinks is supposed to happen. Like my head sits here and it thinks this is what's supposed to happen. And if it doesn't happen the way that I think that it's supposed to happen, and I'm doing air quotes if you're listening, it's not happening the way I, it's supposed to happen, then it's bad and it's ruined when that's so not true. I think it's so much easier if we don't even take the time to even, like we can think, okay, today I'd like to get this done, that done. Like I'd like to get up, I, I, I like to get up in the morning and I've said this numerous times. I get up in the morning, I do meditation. I do it lying down in bed. And they had a crazy question actually, cause I do it on Insight Timer and I love David G. And um, it's David G-I or J-I, I think. And um, he actually was right under Deepak Chopra for many, many, many years. I didn't find that out until I watched the unmaking or the undoing of Deepak Chopra. You have to, if you want to know what it's called, if you can text me and ask me, or I mean, email me and ask me um, what that decoding Chopra is what it's called. And so David G studied under Chopra, not to digress, but I am. So I listened to a David G and one of their questions was, where do you like meditating the best? Because before I'd like, I'd be like, I'd have to sit on the floor and meditate. And I'd be like, okay, my knees hurt. My lower back hurts. My upper back hurts. My shoulder hurts. So I lay in my bed. I lay in my bed. JF gets up early and he always leaves. And I lay there and I put a meditation on and I breathe and it's awesome. I do that. And then I just bought a new book. Um, it's spiritual devotions. It's a God. It's this amazing book I found when I was in Franklin, Tennessee, which is an amazing place. I love Franklin, Tennessee. And I can't remember the name of the book. It's on my bedside, but it's a daily devotional. If you want to know, you can also reach out to me. So I read the daily devotional and I write in my, and I write in my journal, something that I'm really grateful for. And I go in depth in that. And that's how I start my day every day. If I don't do it, I, I feel off kilter. So I have to do that. 
And, um, and then I let go for the day. I let go, but today's a crazy thing. So I haven't been going to in-person fellowship meetings. I just haven't been, I'm in where I've moved to. I just haven't found anything that I like and, um, what I just haven't, I, I really haven't made it a priority to be honest, because I have this meeting I go to in the morning a couple of times a week, and that's been good enough for me. And I'm like, that's what I do. And I went on, so today, I, this is where God works in our lives. I go on a walk on the beach today with the dogs. And all of a sudden I look down and I see a snake, like right at the water's edge. I, it's not like you see snakes all the time, not on the beach, because I never see snakes on the beach, but there was a snake and it was, um, so I, and then this couple is like walking by and they're, it's a woman and a gentleman. And I said, oh my gosh, look at that snake. And the, the woman's husband comes and he's a gardener. So he's like, oh, I'll get it. So he literally picks it up and he takes the snake out of the water and moves it up to the dunes. And he proceeds to tell me that the snake is actually a, like a kind of gecko or lizard that doesn't have legs. It's a legless lizard that looks like a snake. I don't know. There's a certain name for it. He told me, but ironically, he tells me that. And I'm like, and so he's talking. And then I start talking to his wife and I, you know, she tells me that she's a writer and all this stuff. And then she proceeds to tell me, she goes, I said, Oh, well, I have a podcast and I have a website. And she's like, Oh, really? And I said, yeah, it's called busy living sober. And she looks at me straight in the eye and she goes, are you sober? And I said, I am. And she said, how long? I said, I just had 15 years. She goes, I'll have 35 years in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, how crazy is that? Is that crazy? Then she told me about a women's meeting here, which I'm kind of excited to go to on Thursday. I'm like, wow, look at that. I'm like walking around. I'm present in my feet. And I have this great experience today. That just happened today. Did I think that was going to happen? If I said to, like, I woke up this morning and I said, I'm going to go find somebody who's working a program and I'm going to go find her on the beach and I'm going to go stop her and she's going to be presented to me. That wouldn't have happened. But the fact that I just went and I walked and I talked and I said, look, snake, like, it's just like, these things are always presented in our lives. If we are there and we are present, the breath is something that helps us become present breathing our heads go to all these things that you know our heads tell us all these things that are wrong with ourselves all these things we did wrong that we wish we had done differently we replay these scenarios we go into these big dark scary rabbit holes or holes in our lives that are like we bur we burrow our heads in them, even though we're physically not burying our head into a, a hole, but in our minds, we go to these places where like, why isn't this different? Why isn't that different? How can I make this different? Oh my gosh, I regret what I did. Why can't I change it? Why can't I go back and do it? And I think that um, if we take the time just to realize what makes us tick, what makes us tick? It can't be that we're just running from the shame and running from the remorse and running from the sadness. It can't just be negative burying our heads anymore. It can't be. We wanna come out and see the light. We want to come out and be happy, joyous, and free, right? We want to have this peace about ourselves. 
We don't want to constantly feel like, oh my gosh, I hate myself. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible place to be in our heads is that we hate ourselves. It's just so, uh, it's uh, debilitating. It's horrible to just constantly not like ourselves. It's horrible to live in skin that you don't feel comfortable in. It's horrible to want to isolate. It's horrible not to hold your head high. It's horrible to be ashamed. It's horrible to think of yourself less all the time. Instead of thinking of yourself as exactly who you are, which is a gift. We have all been given gifts by God when we're born. We all have gifts and we never pay attention to them because for some reason, the negativity is so much louder that it drowns out the positive. And so how do we feed the positive about ourselves? And as I just mentioned to you, I'm writing this gratitude these days. And it's like gratitude for things that we sometimes, well, I'm not saying sometimes. For me, I used to always take for granted the fact that we live in a place where we can be free, that we live, if you're listening to this in America, we're free, at least as of today, August 31st, 2021, we're free. We're free to say whatever we want to say. You can say you like the president, you can say you hate the president, you can say you whatever you want to say that's outrageous that you want to say, you can say it and not be arrested. And other places in the world, you can't do that. In Afghanistan, you can't do that. But if you're living here in America, you can do that. You've got freedom. You've got freedom. You've got freedom to believe in whatever you want to believe. You've got freedom to wear whatever you want to wear or not wear. You have freedom. And that freedom is something we take for granted. You know, I feel like I take for granted the gr green grass, beautiful trees. This country is beautiful, by the way. You know, I told you guys last week, I came to you from my hotel room. God, is America beautiful. Outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, the mountains are gorgeous, beautiful. There's so many beautiful spots in this country that I feel like we just miss because we're in our heads and we don't ever do anything. You know, I know gas prices are going up and everything's getting more expensive, but to go on a little road trip and maybe stay, I don't know, Holiday Inns aren't that too expensive. You could stay in a Holiday Inn or maybe you can camp out. There's beautiful campsites, but you get out of your head and you can do these things. You can dream about these things and these things can happen. And that's what we can be grateful for. Sometimes we can be grateful for the fact that there's a beautiful, beautiful blue sky and there's no clouds. Or we can be grateful that the sky is filled with all these clouds and they're different colors of blue and gray and pink. The clouds are all different colors. You can be grateful for rain coming down on your, on your yard and watering your grass or watering your plants that are outside in pots on, in your, out behind your house and you don't have to water them. If you have an apartment and you are looking out the window and you're looking at the rain, just clean off all the dirt off the sidewalks. Like that's really pretty. It's really pretty. But if we're looking at that, if we're looking at the rain and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm paying attention to the rain or I'm paying attention to the wind. If you're paying attention to the wind or the rain or something else, weather that's a, like, that's just constantly changing, you know, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the wind. How is it affecting this bush? How is it affecting that tree? 
see, I'm not thinking about myself when I'm doing that. I'm thinking about what's going on. Cause right now I'm looking at a bush that's got big purple flowers and the flowers are blowing all different directions. They're going this way and that way and this way and that way. And then I've got another bush that's close to me that has leaves that are, some are flying down this way and some are going up this way. And I'm able to look at this just out this window and have gratitude like, look at that purple. Wow, that's a gorgeous color of purple. And, you know, we sit here, if we're constantly sitting here thinking about ourselves over and over and over and over again, and how we can do things differently or what other people are thinking, that's another crazy thing I feel like I, I've done in the past. And I hear people doing all the time. They're like, what do you think they're thinking? This is what I think they're thinking. In all honesty, we don't know what anybody else is thinking until they tell us. We have no idea, but we can sit here and waste our time and energy trying to figure out what other people think. But until we actually ask the person what they're thinking, we don't know. We don't know. I assume from when I could go on social media, I assume things mean one thing when they mean another thing, because I don't get it, because I'm not that hip. I don't understand when people send me a text message, and sometimes I don't understand the text message, but depending on my frame of mind, I can look at it as being good or bad, and it's just a word. Let's say I'm running late. Are they running late because they're in an accident? Are they running late because they don't want to be here at the time that I want them to be here? Did they have something that came up better? Oh, did they just, uh, are they annoyed? Did something happen? Did I do something to make them run late? Oh my gosh, what did I do? And we make it about us <laughs> when the person just said I'm running late. I mean, literally that, that little statement can get some people getting off kilter, right? You're like, wait a minute, I, you're, you're, you're going to be late. You're offending me. And the reality is the person's just running late. But we sit here, if we're not in a great frame of mind, then we can't, we look at things with such negative eyes, with such negative connotations in our brains. It's really trying to get into a good place each and every day. And we all need to have a routine. You know, I was saying last week, you know, if I want to be a good golfer, I have to practice golf. If I want to be a good tennis player, I have to practice playing tennis. If I want to be good at being sober and feeling my life, and, you know, it's not about the drinking, it's about my thinking. If I calm my, that voice inside of me down and I bring out positive in people instead of negative, it makes life so much better. I don't want to make people feel worse about themselves. I want people to feel better about themselves. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, for some reason or another, there's been people coming to our meeting that have had long-term sobriety and now um, they've relapsed and then they've come back. And it's interesting because, you know, the one thing is, is that busy living sober about is getting busy living sober today. It's not about getting busy living sober yesterday. It's not getting busy living sober tomorrow. It's about getting busy living sober today. And if you're having a hard time, because I think it is very hard to get sober if you're not really ready. And if somebody else is forcing you, 
if you yourself really want to do it, you can do this. You can get sober and you might mess up and you might be like, oh my God, I screwed up. I drank last night. I didn't want to drink last night. I did. And now it's all ruined. Like, because I think our alcoholic thinking, which is the bigger thing than the drinking, our alcoholic thinking is either it's good or bad. It's like, either I'm doing this and I'm doing a great job and I fucked up and I can't go back. Now I'm just a drunk again and I haven't done anything good. But I think that if you've gotten a couple days and you drink and, or if you got a couple hours and then you drank, I think, you know, what it's like to have that couple hours. Did you like the couple hours better than you liked the one that you drank? Like, think about that. Which did you like, which did you like yourself better? I'll bet nine out because I know, I, I just know that if you have a problem drinking and you drank, I don't think you regret I don't think you regretted not drinking for that time that you weren't drinking. And I think we do regret when we drink because it brings up that self, that shame, right? It brings up that remorse. It brings up that sadness. It brings up that stuff about us that we don't like. And how are we ever going to grow up and do things that we want to do and be present and see where the world's going to take us if we're constantly wallowing in self-pity? I don't think we can grow up from there. If we're in self-pity, then we're just going to keep fitting the self-pity. And if you just stay in that place, you can never grow from self-pity, I don't think. I think you have to walk and get out of the self-pity, get out of digging the holes about how horrible you are and go to the positive things that you are. Because we all have positive things. I know for me for a long time, it, I, it, it, the part of the shame I had was so debilitating. That's all I ever thought about was how much shame I had. I mean, shit, I patented sober, not ashamed. Cause I so definitely didn't want to be ashamed that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do sober, not ashamed because I have so much shame. I'm going to patent this. Cause I think I still had shame. <laughs> I still had to, I, but I had to do this because so desperately I didn't want to have shame. I was like, I didn't want to be ashamed. And I was I was been, you know, I still sometimes have thoughts of like, oh my gosh, what did I do? How did I get here? How did, oh my gosh, my choices. And they haven't all been great, but they brought me to where I am today. And that is like where I can look at today, just today. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't even know what this afternoon is going to bring, but I know that where I am today, this morning, I am filled with gratitude. I hope I will stay grateful today. I hope that I will stay being able to help somebody because that's what my whole goal is today is to help somebody else. You know, I think that life is not easy, especially right now. I think that the, our country has us divided on either you're either this way or that way. What if you're kind of in between that and this, then what are you? No man's land. I listen to Joe Rogan. He's like, I feel homeless. I kind of understand what he's talking about because I think that I'm um, you know, I don't fit in one place or another. I've never fit in a box. I've never fit in a box. I've never been able to say I'm entirely this or entirely that because I'm not. I mean, it's not like I'm entirely Catholic growing up because my dad's Jewish. So am I entirely Jewish? So I'm not entirely Jewish either because my dad's, you know, my, I'm not entirely Jewish because my mom's Catholic. You know, it was like that. I mean, I'm not entirely one nationality or another nationality. I'm a mix up. I don't fit in a box. I don't know how many people do. And I don't think it's comfortable to fit in a box. So how do you get comfortable being in the fact that you're not one thing or another? You're just you. You're just you. And you have 
good things about you. And you got to literally, you've got to hone in on those things you like about yourself and really take the time to love you. You have to, and it takes time. It takes time. It takes meditation. It takes prayer. It takes getting together with other people. It takes having a mentor that helps point out to you what are the good parts of you and what are the parts you don't like about yourself that you want to change and you can talk to with somebody. You know, this um, getting sober is hard. It's a journey. It is definitely not something you just check off on a box and you're done for the rest of your life. I don't think you can ever say I'm a golfer for the rest of my life. I'm a good golfer because every person I know that plays golf practices all the time. Any person that plays tennis practices all the time before their things. My son, he's got tests in school. He's practices his tests all the time. He studies this stuff over and over again. And then he gets hundred percent on his test because he's studied. So we need to study. We need to take time. We need to fall in love with ourselves. We need to figure out what makes us tick. Find that thing that's bigger than you today. That's it for me. I just looked at the clock. I've been talking for half an hour. Isn't that crazy? I didn't even think I'd have anything to talk about today. Look at, I was wrong. So here it was. So 262. I hope if you liked what you heard, just subscribe to my channel. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on busylivingsober.com. You can always reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. Or you can reach out to me at Elizabeth at elizabethchance.com, whichever you remember better. And you can also reach, <clears throat> and you can reach out to me and I promise I will respond to you. And remember that you are not alone. You are not alone. I'm here. If you write to me, I promise I will write you back. But take care of you today. And if you didn't drink today, you're a winner in my book. You're a winner. If you didn't drink today and you're an alcoholic, I don't care how many years you have or how little time you have. If you didn't drink today and you've done that, congratulations. You've already had a better day than a lot of people have. And I'll see you next time. And until then, keep getting busy. Living sober. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.